0: Welcome back to the Ancient World Morning Coffee podcast show. Hope you're having a great morning, great day, and uh, a good cup of coffee. We are now back with our usual cafeteria Starbucks coffee. And it's great today, but we had some, some days of sunshine, and it's really coming. And happy March to everybody. It's like uh, always a great joy to reach March, and then we're going to have more spring days in the coming couple of weeks Um, so we don't have that many new things to talk about really the only thing that's been kind of churning and been digested the last few weeks is um, one of the meetings in terms of what you could see as kind of this uh, this part of the intellectual life especially in America with figures like uh, Jonathan Peugeot and John Verwecki and Jordan Peterson and uh, also Paul Wanderclay and and Bishop Barron, kind of a little bit him as well, but he's more established within his tradition. He's more firmly sorted, <laughs> like decades ago. He's gone more of a uh, through the like the institutional system almost than with uh, studies in Paris and kind of firmly, firmly positioned within the Catholic tradition. But th- these other figures are more kind of searching. Peugeot is also quite sorted and settled in his view, but. Uh, especially a person like Verveki is is searching, and then he's made now three videos with an Orthodox bishop, um, Greek Orthodox bishop, and they talk about Neoplatonism. And we wanted just to talk about that thing today because, in some ways, it's a uh, it's it, it's like a, a conversation, a debate that's been going on for the last few years to try to understand the spiritual and the religious in a sense or to try to understand the intellectual life. And then people from the more scientific side of it and also experts in cognitive science are trying to kind of build this overall framework of thinking through the scientific uh, should we call it like approach. And what is so interesting then is to see when you have a, a really deep Greek Orthodox thinker meeting someone like Vraveki, that uh, in many ways it seems like it is the ancient Greek uh, blend of the spiritual and rational that becomes the big picture and then you also see the limitations of the more purely scientific rational approach and also seeing how uh, then again a figure like a person like Vraveki is seemingly drifting much faster towards the bishop than the other way. So uh, we just want to focus on this in the, to the extent that this is showing something of a, a natural progression or next step in in kind of a massive search and kind of outreach in all directions to try to figure stuff out. And then a little bit like some of the comments to the, the third video with Verveki and this Bishop Maximus, uh, when people seem to be a little bit confused whether Verveki is now abandoning his project of creating a religion that's not a religion and if he's now advocating or suggesting or promoting becoming Greek Orthodox <laughs> so which is a question and also some people are saying they count down to to the conversion for Verveki, which might take a long time because of his history of um, in some sense like a, a bad, bad start of um, or being exposed to Unhealthy, let's say, uh, versions of 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 the spiritual, in a sense. So um, it's it might be uh, like a, um, a longer process for him, but but anyways, it's, it's it seems quite clear <laughs> where where this is going. And then again, if we step back, this is a part of this rebalancing. Perhaps uh, the intellectual life, uh, maybe not the cultural life, but that might be kind of a few decades into the future as well. Um, But at least that there is an ongoing active debate where people are kind of churning on this and they're building bridges and we are creating like an area where you can have more of the the secular rational and the more spiritual. um, And you might also say religious, but the the word religious is problematic today because it's so... um, it's It's been so defined like in the general sense as something that is uh, different from what it used to be or what it has often been. So if you go centuries back or to the ancient times, then there will be very little difference between spiritual and religious. So um, it's exciting to see this, uh, how this is affecting then uh, like Ravaki and his work and... Also, his followers, uh, many of them seem to want to keep it more as uh, like they want to be secular rationalist people who are doing some spiritual practices but it's but they want to control it in a sense they want it to be uh, contained in a more like scientific thing with some maybe perhaps uh, spiritual uh, sentiments to it, but still not. Uh, In a sense, if you look at it from, let's say, from a more like Dante perspective, for example, it would be like still with a little bit lack of the humility that we don't control things. There are limitations to our capacity. The world, being, the universe is so much bigger than we can understand. And just a little bit of humility that uh, there is a mystery and and try to appreciate that, that more. So... Uh, that's that's all we wanted to say about that video f- for now. So uh, uh, But we're in a little bit of um Just waiting and seeing where this goes these these debates go uh, okay, so Then we just want a couple of minutes with uh, Dante at the end here um, We're going to talk about uh, we're reading purgatory So this is a joyful project and we come to uh, the end of Canto 7, chapter 7, so this is the ante purgatory we still kind of, they've gone through this tiny little opening in the mountainside where they can start the process, but you still have this preparation, this kind of warm-up or this uh, waiting period uh, for those who, uh, for the most part, those who repented very late or for those who were excommunicated. So, uh, this is one that we wanted to read out here, which is the following. Not often does the sap of virtue rise to all the branches. This is his own gift, and we can only beg that he bestow it. So just one more time. Not often does the sap of virtue rise to all the branches. This is his own gift, and we can only beg that he bestow it. Meaning, the branches is now the offspring, because he talks about the the rulers in in the Valley of Princes, and that even if you have virtuous rulers, like the children are usually, maybe one (laughs) becomes a virtuous person, but the other ones are, uh, often it becomes the opposite. So he makes the the point that, like the sap of virtue, like it doesn't, it it doesn't go from parents to children automatically. And then he makes the explicit point that it comes from the divine, is bestowed from the divine, not from the parents, which is something that Dante has, he's he's touching upon this a couple of times, that, some things are directly from the heavens uh, and not from your lineage or heritage. So um, that's just like a little little uh, thought of the day from, from Dante. And uh, we keep reading, we're trying to kind of immerse ourselves in purgatory again, because that is the, the beautiful and the inspiring and the rejuvenating, regenerating uh, realm in Dante's comedy. Okay, so we're going to go back to the coffee. Uh, we just wanted to make an episode because it's starting to be a little bit long since the last one and we just wanted to get into the podcasting again so uh, hopes at least a little bit of this might be interesting or food for thought and hope you're still having a great uh, morning maybe a good cup of coffee maybe you have much better weather than we have up here and um, with that thanks for listening and see you again in the next episode